I feel like I look at the mannequins and I'm like, is this like, are people really wearing rain jackets as pants now? Like, it'll be the, the craziest <laughs> stuff. And I'm like, is that real? Are they playing yeah. a joke on me? Like, but I guess thinking of it that since like, maybe the rain ja- jacket trickles down, maybe not necessarily as pants. I made that up, but it's <laughs> something ridiculous I'm picking like up what that. you're putting down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Finding Your Shine podcast, hosted by best friends, Nina Boyce and Liz Garster. Enjoy a dose of Monday motivation each week as we interview people lighting up the communities of health and wellness, spirituality, and personal growth. Wherever you are on your journey to health, happiness, and self-love, our real and authentic conversations with guests will keep you inspired and empowered. And keep you laughing too. Thanks for listening. We're honored to join you in Finding Your Shine. Hey everyone, welcome back to Finding Your Shine. Today we are getting our fashion on. We're talking about style with Columbus blogger and fashion influencer Candace Reed. And I feel a like I need to go shopping. You will feel like you need to go shopping at the end. But I'm in heading a good on way. to Pinterest. I'm heading on to Pinterest and Madewell's website right after this. I feel like I need to go shopping, not in the like. I feel bad about myself and I don't like my clothes. I need to buy new ones. I feel like I want to play with my style and get this sorted out and express right. myself. That Figure kind of- out what your go-to style is. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, so in this episode today, we are going to talk, obviously, about fashion, but go a little deeper and talk about, you know, what fashion really says about us. I think it can be labeled as kind of vapid or shallow or, you know— we do a lot of hating on the media or the fashion industry and some of the things that have come out of that, but there's also really great, wonderful, creative, expressive ways to live in fashion. And Candace's story in general is just really fascinating. She's literally like been all over the country. So um, yeah, it was super inspiring. And just fashion doesn't have to be a way to manipulate or compare your body to others. It really goes deeper than that. It's loving yourself first and then using fashion as an accessory. To enhance, to enhance what you already love about yourself. But before we hop into this episode, we did want to give a shout out to our Patreon account. And we have a lot of cool things happening over there right now. Specifically, we are going to be giving out a ton of discounts to those of you that um, are donating to the podcast each month. In addition to those discounts, we're also doing monthly giveaways of some of our favorite brands that are going to be donating to the Finding Your Shine podcast so that we can give you some cool stuff each month. So if you are interested in supporting the podcast, you can donate as little as $2. And I think our highest is $25. But that one includes a Finding Your Shine Razorback tank, which is pretty cute if I do say so myself. Yeah. And you get bloopers episodes. Blooper episodes. Lots of stuff. And and the other cool feature is um, once a month, we are going to have a conversation with... I forget which level Patreon off the top of my head. You'll have to go check. <laughs> you go check on that. Um, but you get to have a conversation with us and pretty much be a co-host on the podcast. And we're going to put those episodes out for all of our Patreons to hear. Yeah. So head on over to patreon.com slash finding your shine podcast and check out the D's there. 
But before we hop into the episode, we did want to give a word from our current sponsor, which is Further Food Collagen. You've heard us talking about it for a couple of weeks, um, and I am a huge fan of collagen. Number one, because it is extremely healing for the gut. So if you are struggling with any sort of digestive issues or just trying to work on focusing on your gut health in general, collagen is a wonderful supplement for for healing the gut as well as um, helping improve the health of your skin your nails, your hair. And the really wonderful thing about it is it's super easy and it's tasteless. Absolutely. I found I love it in my chai tea in the morning. I've also, if you're into like turmeric and making some golden milk, they have a really great supplement for that too that gives it a different spin if you want to go that route and get all the benefits of turmeric too. So if you are interested in trying Further Foods, you can head on over to their website, which is furtherfood.com, and use the code SHINE15 for 15% off your order. We'd also like to take a moment to highlight a local Columbus business that has a really wonderful app we've been loving, and that is Align Mindfulness. Um, If you ever find that you're kind of struggling to incorporate mindfulness during the day, especially if you're new to it, this is a great tool. Um, You can download the app in the Apple Store and have these fun little reminders that pop up and ask you, you know, how are you feeling? Say this mantra. I found um, it's really hard, I think, when you're just an anxious person to make time for that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost like one more thing to make time for. And you're, it takes that stress of incorporating it into your schedule out because it just mm-hmm. does it for you directly from your phone, which let's be honest, we're on like all the time. <laughs> the majority of the time. If you find that you are walking through life and you have a lot of thoughts going on in your head and you're always up in your head, I know that that's something that I struggle with a lot. Having these little mindfulness reminders pop up on my phone really helps sink me into the present moment. And so I've been loving Align. It's free, really easy to download. Um, So head on over to your app store on your iPhone and download Align and let us know what you think. We've been really loving it. Hi guys. So today we are on the podcast with Candice and we are going to be talking about fashion, which we haven't discussed on the podcast in quite a long time. I feel like we're still not very... Not, I don't think of myself and Nina as like fashion icons. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> but you not definitely looking at your stuff, I'm like, girl looks good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your Instagram is gorgeous. All of your outfits are beautiful. And all of like, you have all these colors and uh, like so many different styles. And I love looking at it. It's beautiful. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Tell our listeners a little bit about how you even got into fashion. I know that you didn't... Well, First of all, I did read that you went to school for ballet or that you did an internship in ballet. Yeah. So my let's just start from the beginning because my life okay. story is kind of it's kind of random. So growing up, I grew up in a single parent home. And uh, while my mom encouraged us to be adventurous and creative, for the most part, I was gonna have a pretty traditional career. Doctor, lawyer, teacher, you know, stability, mm-hmm. all those fun things. Mm-hmm. But I spent my whole life living in a dance studio. And so um, I initially went to college for broadcast journalism. And I realized that in order to be the talent, you have to be able to do everything behind the scenes, like camera, B-roll, 
And I was very uninterested in doing all the techie stuff. And so my secondary degree was dance. So I ended up getting my uh, BFA in dance with an emphasis in ballet. And I went on to graduate school at New York University. And um, I had an internship at New York City Ballet. And while I was there, I realized that like a lot of the programming at the ballet was funded through the fashion industry. Now, like, mind you, I had grown up with a love for fashion. I was always like the girl who wore, you know, really cute outfits. And like my whole Mm -hmm. goal in high school was to win the best dress senior superlative, (laughs) which I didn't win. Um, You didn't win? Did it crush all your dreams? It was depressing because a girl (laughs) in my circle, like she won and I like had to try really hard not to be salty about it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so I realized like all the programming from the ballet was coming from fashion. Like I met Drew Barrymore, Sarah Jessica Parker, Valentino, like all these amazing people are donors. And um, I was engaged during my year at NYU and um, Jason and I had lived long distance our entire relationship. And so as we were thinking about next steps, it just didn't make sense for us to live in New York. Like he lived in West Virginia. I had lived in Georgia prior. We had never spent a considerable amount of time together. And just like praying about it, I felt like New York, living in New York, the two of us was asking for it to not work because New York Mm. is so selfish. Mm -hmm. And so long story short, I moved to Parkersburg, West Virginia. And Jason like, it's like, okay, you need to figure out like what you want to do. And I was like, you know what? I really think it's fashion. And so I kind of- After all of your dance training. Yeah. But I also had like, here's the, here's the like whole twist in the story. I got really bad scoliosis. And I had to have surgery right after I finished my undergrad. So that pretty much was done, you know? And um, I started the blog while I was living in New York as a way to keep people up to date on my adventures. And then it just kind of naturally evolved into a style blog. Mm -hmm. So that's a little bit about like how I even got to fashion. Yeah. Yeah. stories Because they're so like, all these certain things have to happen in a certain way. Yes. That like, if anything would have yeah. changed, like if there were any other variable, it would be a totally different story. Totally You'd be like, I'm different a professional story. ballerina right now. <laughs> like yeah. that would be the story. <laughs> that was the story. And then like my whole world was rocked because I'm such a planner, like I'm type A. Yeah. So it was really weird for things to not happen how I had planned them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How, what brought you to Columbus? Because I, I found you because you are living in Columbus. And yeah. so how did you move from, did you say you went to West Virginia after? Yes, 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 yes. Okay. So after New York, I went to West Virginia and we lived there for three years. And uh, the reason we went to West Virginia is because that's where Jason was living at the time. Um, and then knowing that I kind of wanted to work in fashion, um, Columbus was like kind of always on the radar because it's an up and coming fashion scene, like mm-hmm. third fashion capital in the US, all that good stuff. Whoa. Wait, hold yeah. on, back up. Tell me more cool things about Columbus. Yeah, so, so yeah, totally. What do you want to know? Well, I personally love it so much as I just started my own business and I'm finding that it's such a, like it's booming with inspiration uh-huh. and young professionals and art and creativity and so many things seem to be happening in Columbus, but I did not picture it as whatever you said. Yeah. Three third, something yeah. 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 So that ranking is based on a couple of variables. Like we have a ton of major fashion brands with corporate offices here, A&F, The Limited, um, yeah. who else is here? Justice, like the, the girls clothing brand, like a lot of yeah. those type yeah. of situations. And then 
the secondary part to that is that we produce a large ratio of designers like Columbus, the city specifically, and that contributes mm-hmm. to our positioning as like a top city of fashion. No way. You yeah. know, I've never really thought about, I have not stepped foot into Abercrombie and Fitch in years. I've and yesterday, yesterday I went in there for the first time because I'm really into, and I kind of want to talk about this in the episode too. Okay. Just like this new... Like the ripped jeans, very casual, like relaxed look. Now yeah. that I'm not teaching anymore, I can wear these things whenever I want. I walked in and I bought a pair of adorable, like bo- um, boyfriend, like ripped jeans for $30 on the clearance rack. This little like button up sweater that ties. Like I'm obsessed with Abercrombie Fitch as of yesterday again. And I always forget their home offices here. Yeah. In their home office is really nice, actually. Yeah. I know a couple people that work there. So I guess that makes sense. I remembered that their home office was here like a few months ago. But anyway, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so that Columbus had stuff going on in the fashion world, and mm-hmm. did that bring you here, or did you get a job first, or what was no? The story? So the story was because I'm a little bit of a crazy person. Um, when we <laughs> moved to when we moved when I moved to West Virginia, I was like, I know this isn't my forever home, and so I knew that Columbus was like in my. In, this, in the future, essentially. Mm-hmm. So I started branding myself as a Columbus influencer before I ever moved here because I knew that the market would be saturated if I waited because like we were yeah. on like a three to five year timeline. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, but if I don't hustle, there won't be a space for me. And You're so, so smart. Oh yeah, my gosh, I've never, never thought, thought about that. that. Yeah, so for basically the first three years of our marriage, I was, I was in Columbus 24-7 because I was creating a network and a brand for myself, essentially. And once I finished graduate school for online at SCAD, literally a month later, we moved here. Um, and I was here for a year before I got my, my, my position with wardrobe therapy. So I was finally just kind of acclimated into the city and you know, being a part of the culture every day. And then the job came down the, down the way. Got it. So yeah. that was how many years ago when you started that? The blog or what? Uh, started positioning yourself as a Columbus fashion blogger. That right? was, let's see, I've been married for five years. So probably four years ago. And then we've only lived in Columbus mm-hmm. for two years. So two years before I moved here, no I was like marketing myself as a Columbus influencer. That's wow. a really cool story. Were you from, where were you from originally? Georgia. So what I honestly feel like people don't think of Columbus very often. You know what I mean? Like they're like, oh, Columbus is going to be on my radar. Like, did it just put, it was on your radar because you knew some of the fashion uh, Um, things were going down here? Okay. So then let's back up like a couple (laughs) chapters. I'm so interested in your life story right now. Yeah, Yeah. So let's back up a couple of chapters. So while I was still in college in my undergrad, I was randomly working for a pageant blog that was based out of Belfry, Ohio. And when I came to Ohio, we went to Columbus. And so when I first came to Columbus in like 2011, I was like, oh my gosh, I could live here. Yeah. Um, But I had no idea that like life would align, like things would align how they did and that I would actually live here. Mm -hmm. Now, did you get in the fashion scene at all in Parkersburg? Like what's the Parkersburg? There is no... I was going to say, I was like, is there... <laughs> did you not enjoy your time there then? Um, I didn't. Well, I didn't. I didn't. Like Parkersburg was my wilderness. I had a lot of growing up and maturing that I need to do. And I think I did that there. So it wasn't time wasted um, yeah. and a lot of figuring out who I was as a person. So that time was essential. So I don't regret it. It just wasn't a fun season of life. Like being yeah. going and being stretched is never fun, but you always see the the outcome, you know, on the other side. 
Yeah. I feel like you could not get more different than New York City to Parkersburg. Like, I feel Polar like that's literally opposite. like the yeah, yeah. opposite. <laughs> yeah. Do t- you like New York or could you see yourself going back to New York? You said it's a selfish city. Yeah. So I love New York in spurts. Well, let's rewind. I love the idea of New York. It's my favorite city on the planet. I love the hustle and the bustle, the people, everything they have to do. But first of all, your dollar doesn't go very far. Um, you spend a lot of time commuting and just quality of life is very different. Mm-hmm. And I'd much rather have quality time with the people that I love than spending half of my day commuting back and forth mm-hmm. to work. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the we, we interviewed somebody else, Bethany, who lived in New York and she sort of had the same, like she loved the city. She always dreamed of living there and working there. And then when she got there, she still loved it. But I remember it was... It started when she that's when she started to get sick because of I think it's just the energy of New York, you know? Okay. It's like like you said, you're commuting back and forth and there's so many people and there's so much going on and the lifestyle is just so different. There's a there's it's a, lot a of stress. Lower pay. Yeah, yeah, it has a lot of stress. Yeah, too, like. no, absolutely. And I remember there was like a defining moment for me, like I think it was like spring semester and I was finally getting like my groove and like had my routine down and I remember like I was getting off on the subway to go to work at the ballet and I was angry because there was an old, an elderly person who wasn't going up the stairs fast enough. And like, oh, I really wow. had to check myself as like, I am not the same person. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And wow. that was like a, a moment and it kind of contributed to like, I don't think that this is where we should live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're like, this is changing my personality or this is changing my thoughts and feelings towards life right Being now. Being compassionate towards people. Like, yeah. How selfish. Yeah. But amazing that you're aware enough to notice those things. Mm-hmm. And For if you sure. would have chosen to stay there, I'm sure you would have like worked around that though, too. It's like yeah. if you would have chosen to stay there, you'd just been like, mm, this is probably something that I need to focus on. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I think I would have done the same. Yeah. So I'm curious, like what, now that you've been in the Columbus scene for a while, first of all, I'm curious how one establishes themselves as an influencer. Like that seems Mm -hmm. like something I don't know anything about. That's a loaded question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll start there. Like how do, I mean, obviously Instagram, I think plays a huge role now, but probably when you were doing this four years ago, Instagram wasn't what it is now. It was a baby. Instagram was such a baby. So, um, I am again, a I'm so type A and like I research a ton. So like when I started my blog in like 2012, there were just a few influencers in the space. So I was really watching like all the leaders in the space and kind of determining what I should be doing to position myself. But I kind of come from like a natural marketing background. Mm -hmm. I was the kid who like ran for class president and had like the dopest campaigns, like (laughs) be a smarty. And I would staple smarties to like a card. So like, yeah, it's just innate inside of me. And so when I realized that I wanted to build an online presence, I really just started doing a lot of research and reading and make sure I really understood how these platforms were working and invested a considerable amount of time into just making it happen, reaching out to people, getting feedback. I hired a consultant. It's just like any other business. You Mm -hmm. connect with the right people to understand what the market is requiring of you. And then you produce. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So as far as fashion philosophy goes, because I'm always really intrigued by people's beliefs on fashion or like what they're drawn Mm -hmm. to or how they use it as a form of self-expression. Like how would you label yourself as a fashionista? Um, So I think, well, first of all, I think that style is really personal. 
Um, it, it's all about the individual. And for me, like my personal style philosophy and kind of motto for myself or style DNA is like, it's classically edgy with bold pops of color. Um, mm-hmm. I love classic silhouettes and kind of structures, but I like to add unique, interesting detail by finding cool color to incorporate into my outfits. And then mm-hmm. it's really just a reflection of my mood and how I feel for the day. What are different... I don't even know different s- styles. Like, is there... Like, the yeah. same question, even, like are you thinking yes. like boho yes. versus... Whimsical yes. versus right. artful versus classic versus edgy. Yeah, there's all kinds of like general categories. And then per the individual, you kind of fill in what that is. Maybe it's mm-hmm. classical with a touch of whimsy, you know? What is classical exactly? Classic is just like clean, modern, chic, timeless. Like let's think Mm -hmm. of, let's use Meghan Markle, for example. I'm obsessed with her right now. Um, So Meghan Markle has very classic style in her silhouettes, but there's a little touch of edge in there with kind of how she does things. Like, especially when they first got engaged, she was doing her, you know, draping her blazer across her shoulders and doing a crossbody bag or like a fun little unique shoe. So classic silhouettes with a touch of edge. Mm, Or Kate Middleton is just... She's classic all the way around. Yes, there's she no, is. not that that's a bad thing, but there's no um, kind of outside element. It's just classic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm trying to figure out what my style is. That's where I'm at. I did an overhaul of my closet okay. yesterday. I tossed Good girl. All, that's awesome. I, so many things, and I don't have that many clothes. I, I just hated everything that I had. And I think it was because I was coming from having a lot of clothing that I just had to wear as a teacher. I was mm-hmm. like, I have to wear this cardigan because I can't show my shoulders. Or like, here's another maxi skirt that I'll pair with this mm-hmm. jean jacket. And I don't wear those things at all anymore. <clears throat> and I'm so, I feel so free now to just wear whatever I want. Yeah. And it's more of like, I was saying earlier, like this relaxed... I don't know how to describe it. I don't know how to describe it, but I've been Pinteresting a like lot of boho? things. boho? Whenever of? I look up boho, because I want it to be, a part of me is like, okay. But then I look up bohemian like style, I'm like, eh, but that's too much. Mm-hmm. And then I look up, like it's, and then I look up hipster style and I like a lot of elements of that. Mm-hmm. But I also like, because I just think it's relaxed. It's like, you know, like a plaid sweatshirt and maybe a pair of ripped jeans or like maybe... Uh, high-waisted jeans and like a crop top that goes over it. Like things not showing my belly, but like things like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to call it, but that's where I'm at. And that's what I'm trying to find for my short frame. For your short, how tall are you? 4'10". <laughs> okay, yeah. So you're, you're a little bite-sized. That's okay. <laughs> very bite-sized. <laughs> no, that's okay. No, so it sounds like definitely like laid back, but it sounds like you still kind of like classical elements at the same time. Like... Yeah, and everything mm-hmm. has... I color-coded my closet, too. That's I was amazing. on a weird organizational kick, Liz. This doesn't sound I know. like you. <laughs> I know. And I noticed that everything I have is also plain. So it's like I have a lot of white, and then I'll have beige, and then I have a lot of black. I have so much and gray. Like a little bit... Yeah, gray. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was like a stint of reddish, like pop, like burgundy and red, and it's okay. a bit of blue. And that's it. And that's everything's it. plain. Yeah. I was going to say, I can kind of tell by like your background decor that you're classic. Yeah, yeah. Everything is, and and it's white and gray. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. And brown. Mm -hmm. It's like all plain. That's okay. But 
How would you suggest for somebody that's like, I really want to define my style. I'm getting into it. What's the best way to do that? I feel like tons of research. Um, well, that's a great thing about Pinterest. Um, yeah, Pinterest allows it. you to pin a ton of stuff and you can kind of then see what the common denominators are. Um, yeah. And then obviously you can hire a stylist. You know, that's what we do <laughs> yeah. at Wardrobe Therapy. It's like, it's that first kind of process that we go through with the client and understanding this is kind of what I love, but I need help defining it. So spending that quality time in the That's client, what I just complained about. Yeah. That's like, like the typical Nina, you obviously need a stylist. Yeah, yeah. So like we spend that time in the wardrobe with the client, listen to that conversation, understand what they're kind of communicating and then pair it with that style DNA. So a lot of it's, um, it's just listening and being attentive and then helping mm. the client define what style that is. And so sometimes there's a crossover between multiple categories that we're kind of playing with. Or also there's some people who can play in all different categories, but we're making sure that it's best suiting their shape. Um, and so that's what we allow to kind of take precedence over everything. We want to understand the client's shape because sometimes a certain style of DNA doesn't typically work for them or we have mm -hmm. to dance around it and find specific elements that will help us achieve that. I feel mm -hmm. like that's my problem is that whatever my body is does not... Like I look at something... It's because I'm comparing myself to like... I don't know if you've seen on Target, for instance, like I'll shop, I'll look at stuff online and it'll say, this model is five foot 11 and a yeah. size two. And mm -hmm. it looks phenomenal on her. <laughs> and yeah. then like, I think it's hard when you don't see, and I know there are strides being made to like have better representation of bodies in the fashion industry, particularly with women. But it's kind of hard when you like something looks so cute on someone else and then you put it on, you're like, this does not look the same on me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's really, really frustrating. Yeah. What do we do about that? Is it just not comparing yourself? Um, it's not, that's a part of it, but also, I mean, we all have anomalies and our bodies are all very different. So sometimes, you know, while that girl who was 5'11 could be full figured, she could still be an hourglass where you're a pear shape and how clothing fits mm -hmm. you is completely different. And so I mm -hmm. think it's a lot of that. First, we have to really understand our bodies, the shape that we have. So we understand what we can gravitate towards and what we shouldn't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there's a little bit of dancing. Yeah. Like a around. Mm -hmm. Headless. I'm like, I have a big butt. I also feel like I have a big stomach. I have no <laughs> boobs. You do not at all. <laughs> You're describing a version of you that is not you. Well, okay. I mean, you do have a big butt. But I do have a big butt. butt. It's, a, it's a great but butt. But when I see like pictures of pear shape, like when they have little cartoons, it's like, it'll be like giant ass and legs and then like a tiny waist. And I'm like, well, that's not... That's not really what I have. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> we would just have to take your measurements to understand what you are. Because sometimes you can't always see with the, the naked eye. Yeah. What are the different shapes? Um, so there is a pear shape, apple shape, rectangle, inverted triangle, and an hourglass. Rectangle? Maybe I'm a rectangle. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Yeah. So there's like all different kinds of shapes. Oh my goodness. I, I don't know. I knew about most of them except the rectangle. Mm -hmm. That's just up and down. So Maybe like, we're rectangles, Liz. I don't know. No, She's my like, butt's too big. To be a rectangle. That's like if you got a larger tush, I don't think that you're a rectangle. And your boobs no. are smaller. That doesn't sound quite balanced. No. Your pear. Probably pear. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is all very interesting. Now I'm gonna have to go like YouTube my shit. Not YouTube, like Pinterest, my body. <laughs> you could probably YouTube it, honestly. <laughs> yeah, that's true. 
But I guess in all of this, me and Liz focus so much on just accepting yourself. Of course, like we do this in beauty. We do this in intuitive eating. And we talk so much about like really choosing to love who you are the way that you are. Mm-hmm. And I think in the fashion world, that can become difficult. Like what Liz said, we look at other people, we look at the media and we start to compare and want to look like people that are other than ourselves. Mm-hmm. But when we were talking earlier before we were recording, you were saying how like fashion is... is like an extra piece to who you are. It's an accent. It's adding to who you already are. And I was just hoping you could maybe touch a little bit on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as someone like, I guess I should, another part of my story that I did not tell you guys about is that I competed in pageants. No um, that's yeah. a whole but that's a whole world. world. We could have a different <laughs> podcast about that. Yeah. yeah. And so what you learn in pageantry and competing is that like, your self-worth and like how you perceive yourself, it doesn't matter if you have on a $10,000 gown. If you're unhappy um, and you don't find yourself beautiful, none of that matters. And so, Okay, which is the opposite of what I thought happened in pageantry when no, you just said that. No. I don't know. I don't know the world, but I think that's also a very yeah. common assumption. Yeah, yeah. So let me... like Let's just say this. So I, I grew up... I think I... Well, I would say I have natural confidence... But when you're competing in a space like that, it is so hard to like to compare yourself. Like it's you can do it so easily, not think yeah. that you're enough, think that you're fat, you're not skinny enough, all these kinds of things. And while pageantry gave me a ton of opportunities, it really played with my mental psyche as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, the positive positive aspects were until my job with wardrobe therapy, I never applied for a job because I had so many network, like such a large network of connections. So there were great benefits and values on that side, but it also kind of played with my head too on, on what my perception was of myself. So how did you work through that, especially being in the world of fashion and coming out of pageantry? Yeah. Yeah. So working through that, Thank the Lord for Jason because Jason has helped me overcome a mm-hmm. lot of, a lot of issues. How long have you guys been together? Um, so we dated for like three months. We got engaged. Oh we no! played. Yes, engaged. Your ring is beautiful, by the way. I Thanks. keep seeing it, and as you're talking, I'm like, it's. So I'm such pretty. a hand talker. Um, yeah, me and too. so we've been married for five years, but I think how I really combated that is I well, let's say this: I competed in for three years, and I was like, you know what, Lord, if like. If I don't win or make the top 10 this year, I'm going to take this as a sign that I need to gracefully bow out and I need to move on to other things. So I was already kind of checking myself and I had lost a lot of weight and I had scoliosis really bad and like my head was bigger than my body and like that wasn't normal. And Mm -hmm. so I just was like, I need to, I think I need to get out. And so I really just began to kind of work on self-confidence and I think just surrounding myself with like positive people and yeah. all those kinds of things, reading books, all those self-help things that That's we do. That's where it starts. Something triggers it and you go down the self-help rabbit hole mm-hmm. and it's a good thing. I mean, it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it starts like opening you up to this whole nother way of living. Yeah, yeah. And then another big part of it is like in my wilderness in Parkersburg, I got to deal with a lot of these things like unresolved conflict with family. Like I I don't Mm. have a good relationship with my dad. So I had daddy issues and like all these things, like it just kind of led to this understanding of like self-confidence and self-worth comes from the inside. You know, you can put on a facade or put on a smile, but if you're not genuinely happy, um, nothing matters. A great pair of shoes won't fix that. An amazing handbag won't fix that. Like you genuinely yeah. have to be happy. 
Yeah. yeah. And also the amount you weigh isn't going to fix that. No. Like that's another that's thing another huge one. We talk about yeah. all of the time. Mm-hmm. And or no amount of money is going to fix that. No specific location. Like I feel like I feel like there are times and places when you move, you know, because it's gonna make you happy and fulfill you. But it's like even moving someplace, like that's still not gonna fill a void inside you that you need to work on internally. Mm-hmm. 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 And fashion's another thing. I we like Shopping, what's it called? Their retail therapy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I get the. It's a real deal. Like people go and they buy new things and go shopping and you know do all these things to make them feel better. And but there's nothing when it comes down to it. There's nothing wrong with fashion. Like I feel so good with the new pair of jeans that I bought. But you still have to have that. You have to do the inner work. It's not Mm -hmm. about the accessory. Exactly. Exactly. I I feel like it's being intentional with when you buy something, which I've heard. You know, like. People say like, pick it up. Like, how does it make you feel? Stuff like that. I feel like you have to do that when you shop and be really intentional about like, how am I going to wear this? What Mm -hmm. vibe is it going to put out there? Like, instead of just grabbing things willy-nilly. Because I feel like you can get a really quick high from shopping. Like, I could go in to Target. Like, that's cute. That's cute. That's Mm -hmm. cute. Obviously, clearly the only place I shop is Target. I have revealed this like several times right now. (laughs) I I keep being like, on Target. Website. I love it. <laughs> they just have everything I need all in one place. So perfect, perfect it's convenient situation. It's convenient. I was gonna say too. I like to call it like when I'm shopping. This is so lame. Do you guys remember the Twilight movie? I never mm, saw it. I didn't really watch okay, Twilight. I was so into it, and I don't know why. But like <laughs> the whole concept of like imprinting, where like Jacob knew. Okay, we won't even go down that story. <laughs> I'm that sure story people isn't... will be like, "Yes, I get it." Okay, good. I know people are like, "Please talk about <laughs> Please Twilight." Talk about Please it. talk about so it. I call it. I like to call it fashion imprinting. When I see something, and I begin like it re- begins to communicate and respond to me, and I know that I can use it a million different ways. Like I see it instantly. Normally, it's that first thing that I see in the store that I can pair a million different ways. So I try mm-hmm. to really focus on what I'm immediately drawn to and leave everything else to the wayside. Ooh, mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, so it's like I'm imprinting. I had a moment. I had a connection with that piece. I know that there's five different ways that I can wear it. So it's worth the investment. That's something I'm working on myself is to be like, how am I going to pair these items like how are mm-hmm. the different ways that i can wear it pinterest has been helping me out with that too go pinterest. pinterest are you on pinterest i am on pinterest okay good i'm gonna just have to go follow you yeah, yeah i bet you have great boards <laughs> i just got them all like reorganized so yeah have fun with that it's enjoy them explore yay um no i was gonna ask what's your opinion on quality versus quantity in Good question. This is amazing. I had that too, Liz. Okay, okay. So definitely quality over quantity. Also, like, you know, when we die, we can't take this stuff with us. So you should spend more money on great things that are going to last you the test of time rather than buying lots of cheap and cheerful things. So like like a Target. (laughs) Exactly. So here's my philosophy on life when it comes to style. I'm going to spend good money on jeans, shoes, and handbags and a few quality accessories. And then I'm going to go cheap and cheerful on blouses and like costume jewelry because it's, Mm -hmm. you can kind of see that change happen in the fashion space much more quickly. And even skirts to an extent, I won't spend a ton of money on skirts because it changes so drastically kind of season to season, but Mm -hmm. jeans, a staple 
shoes, if you buy them the right way, they can be a staple. Same way with handbags. Um, so I like to really spend my money on those items. And then I kind of go more affordable on everything else. So where do you shop? So I shop at Madewell, number one store. Oh my gosh, love okay. store. I love Madewell. So I don't know what style that is. It must be the classic thing. It's, to- it's like I- tomboy chic classic. So maybe I am like gravitating towards this weird like tomboy chic thing. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I yeah. love Madewell. Okay, yeah. keep Madewell going. Madewell's my favorite. Also, PSA announcement. Madewell will give you $20 off a pair of denim if you bring in an old pair. Um, and oh. their jeans? No, any jeans that you own. Any. What? Do they have to be in mint condition? No. No, no, no. They're just recycling them to create like insulation for like homes or something random. What? Can they be ripped? <laughs> yeah, they can be whatever. Oh my gosh, I'm going to Madewell. Like I, literally, go to Madewell. Love, so Madewell's okay. my number one. My number two is definitely Nordstrom because I love like Nordstrom online because there's so many options um, and they have great customer service. Um, I also love Shopbop, which is another online retailer, but they have a ton of like options and like cheap and cheerful, but they have really, really high end too. It's kind of all cool and edgy. Um, so that's my other one. And they have an amazing shipping policy. Like you'll get it in three days Ooh. for free, which is great. Uh, I have a problem with Nordstrom because I never... Well, I don't... Okay. I have a problem with Nordstrom Rack because nothing ever fits me there. Well, yeah. It's Nordstrom Rack. You have to be in the food <laughs> and they don't always have your site. Like it's just... That's a harder shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just need to go to the normal Nordstrom. Yeah. Or have an idea of what you're looking for when you're going into Nordstrom. Like, I feel like a lot of people, you're aimlessly going in with knowing... And just hoping to find something. Yes, you have to be on a mission to find something. Like yeah. if it's a great V-neck blouse, a sleeveless, that is what you're looking for. Or I'm looking for a killer pair of mules. Like you need a specific direction mm-hmm. rather than I'm just going to go in and see what inspires me. You'll be frustrated. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably my fashion way I've been doing things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do you think about, are you a boutique fan? Like, are you, do you like little local places? Yes, I love local boutiques. I do a ton of boutique shopping, especially for clients. Um, so here in Columbus, we have Row, we have Ladybird. Um, there is a menswear boutique called Count, which is down the way on High Street. There's Layal. Um, I really love boutique shopping because you're looking for, or you're finding rather really unique special pieces. It's what I like to call novelty. So, you know, I'm going to grab my jeans from Madewell, but I'm going to go to Row to find a really cool novelty tee that no one else is going to have. Or Have you ever shopped at Jolie? Jolie? I've been yeah. in there a couple of times. I like their stuff. Yeah. I just bought a dress there from for a wedding and I love it. It's so cute. And I was, was like, it? where'd you get that dress? Because it's not everywhere. When uh-huh. you go shop at boutiques, yeah. you find something very specific. I, absolutely. So yeah, I love boutique shopping. I think it's a great way to add dynamic and interest to your wardrobe. Mm. This episode is coming out in fall. Can okay. we touch a little bit on what are the, like the fall, the trends? fall trends? I knew you were going to ask me this. Okay, <laughs> So fall trends, there's so many good ones. Let me give you just a quick rundown. So the one that I'm loving the most is Western, the Western trend, like the Western revival with like maxi dresses, all that mm-hmm. fun stuff. Um, another big one is vintage florals, which we kind of see paired with the Western trend. Let's see what else. Logo mania. Like remember back in the day, we kind of went through a phase where you didn't want people to know where you were getting your things and you mm-hmm. wouldn't wear a logo. Yeah. You're in the opposite. Like wear that logo and wear it proud. 
essentially. Mm, so like yeah. Gucci belts, your Fendi bag, all those things. It's a good thing. Um, so that's a big one. Shearling, which is like a fabrication for like jackets. That's really, really big. What else? Working girl. So like your plaid, your houndstooth. Um, And we're seeing that from blazers to dresses to pants to tops. Like any combination is totally fine. And then another notable favorite would be the dress paired with denim look. Dress paired with denim? What's that like wearing a dress and a jean jacket? No, wearing over dress. your jeans. Over your jeans. With That's jeans. bad. It's back and it's amazing. No way. I yes. almost did that. I have a dress. It's from um, French, Francesca's. Francesca's? Yeah. yeah. So it's, I love Francesca's stuff, but the problem that I have with them is all their dresses are too short to wear as dresses and previously were too long to wear over things. But now that I can stick it over a pair of jeans and not be unfashionable. That, I just changed your whole life. I'm struggling with this because how is a girl who's 4'10 supposed to wear a dress and jeans and not look <laughs> weird? So that with you, for you Nina. it would be proportions. So like it's finding more of a high-low dress so we can see some length, making sure there's probably like we're seeing some skin in your chest, so more of a V-neck or a nice yeah. deep scoop. So that's the funny thing about styling is like, while some things may not work to the naked eye, you can dance through them and find mm-hmm. ways to make it work. You know? I am not seeing this vision yet. I'm going to look up dress and denim later. Yeah, you need to do it. I found this, like, I was shopping on And Other Stories today, which is, like, a sister brand to H&M. And I found this dress that I literally almost died. It's, like, burnt orange with blue flowers and a puff sleeve and a slit. And it would be amazing over denim. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm going to have to keep like keeping up with your Instagram and watching. Yeah, and be like, I'll just wear those things. In contrast, (laughs) what are some of the things that people may be trying to wear this fall that they think are in style but are actually out? Because I feel like that's... And then it's going to label everything Nina and Liz is wearing. They'll be like, this is actually everything you own. (laughs) You know what? Honestly, we're in a time in fashion where anything goes. I like that. You know, like, honestly, like I can't think of like one specific thing because we even like other things that I didn't talk about, you know, like, um, what is it called? I can't even think of it. You know, like the plastic, like rain jackets. Yeah. Yes. That's like They're in not- a boot. It's everywhere. You know, like random things that you wouldn't think are fashionable or considered fashion right now. So I think it's just about like kind of how you approach style and how you're making it relevant and also having the confidence just to wear it and wear it boldly. To rock it. I'm also struggling with, I went to Target. I took a story of this and they had this like big wedged silver platinum shoe. And they also had the like plasticky platinum backpack. And I was very torn about how that was fashion. And it's like in the 90s, the new 90s grunge section at Target. Yeah. The 90s and like that whole genre is huge right now. I love the 80s, 90s thing, mm-hmm. but I just don't understand the plasticky, like, platinum thing. Yeah. I think it's more of a, like, it's more of a fashion street style thing. Like, it's it's mm-hmm. a little bit harder to make it mainstream, but mm-hmm. I can appreciate it and, like, mm-hmm. you know, be inspired by it. 
Yeah, that's a good point. Like mm-hmm. how, yeah, appreciate and be inspired, even mm-hmm. if it might not work for you. Yeah, and I think that's what we all have to keep in mind when we're looking at these luxury brands who are presenting at Fashion Week. They're kind of setting the precedence for what's going to trickle down. Uh, and so we're looking at it as inspiration. Just how it's interpreted on the runway isn't how it's going to be interpreted in real life. And so when yeah. we're looking at these things, we have to remember that, you know, this is merely inspiration. How are you going to bring it down and make it for the everyday girl. Yeah. yeah, because that's what'll happen when I like sometimes I'll look at I'm thinking forever. I don't shop at Forever 21, but whenever mm-hmm. I walk by Forever 21, I feel like I look at the mannequins and I'm like, is this like are people really wearing rain jackets as pants now? Like it'll be like the craziest <laughs> stuff. And I'm like, is that real? Are they playing yeah. a joke on me? Like, but I guess thinking of it that sense, like maybe the rain j- jacket trickles down, maybe not necessarily as pants. I made that up, but it's <laughs> something you ridiculous. I'm picking like up what that. you're putting down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's inspiration. Be inspired it's, by it. Yeah. And and all things be inspired. Your thoughts on capsule wardrobes? Hmm. I don't know if I love the idea of a capsule wardrobe. Like, because I think it's, while it is achievable, is it really realistic? You know, like I feel Salad. like you always are going to want something else to add into it. So my thought process is let's have a small wardrobe of things that you really love rather than giving it this label of capsule because I feel like that puts you in a box. What's capsule exactly? It's a small collection of like of curated items that you can wear 50,000 different ways essentially. And okay. I feel like while that does work for some women, we're always looking for another way to add layer and interest and dimension. And I don't feel like we always get that with a capsule wardrobe. So I feel like it's better to say, I I just want a smaller wardrobe. Is that... Okay, I want to live more minimally in everything that I do. I'm in Mm -hmm. a one-bedroom apartment. Like I'm trying to rid... That's the same thing I did yesterday. Is a capsule wardrobe then... It's not the same as like a minimalistic wardrobe. Or- it kind of is. It's sort. They're sort of the same thing. And like, I think that sometimes it's like a not a marketing ploy, but I feel like it's such a trend right now because fashion. Mm-hmm. We we do love clothing. Clothing is an expression of who we are. And when we get to like down to so few pieces, we're limited on how we can express ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's I'm torn with that too because mm-hmm. I. I realized that I want to have things in my closet that I love. So that was the reason why I tried to throw away so many things. Cause I was like, I don't, I don't like this. I never wear it. I want to make sure everything that's in here is something that I love. But then also it's okay to have multiple things in there. Yeah. That you do love. Going to wear them. Yeah. Then it's okay. Yeah. And I think the, the, the good thing to do is just to continuously check yourself. Like every season I go through, okay, I haven't touched this. Why haven't I touched this? Am I not feeling expired by? Do I not love it anymore? And kind of using each season as an opportunity to check myself and to purge. Do you feel like you love your outfits every day? <laughs> I, know that's- um, I don't know if I love them every single day. You know, it depends on like, what's happening in life because some days I just need to get out of bed and get dressed and put clothes on and make miracles happen for other people. It's not about myself. Um, So it just depends. But I always, my uniform is like a great pair of denim, a t-shirt, half tucked with my Gucci belt and a mule. Like, and I feel put together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Easy. It's like, that's your go-to. We all need a go-to. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. And then I may throw a denim jacket or a cardigan on over it depending on my day. I love a good layering piece. Mm. 
This is such good information. This okay, makes me want to go shopping want... at Madewell real bad. It, oh my gosh, me too. I think I'm going <laughs> to hop on the Madewell website. I'm definitely in a fashion phase right now. Mm-hmm. Not, I, I'm not a fashionista by any means, but more like... Yes, you are. Don't say that, Nina. Oh, you're right. I'm getting inspired by all yeah, of this. Yeah. Also, it's that um, time of the year where like we all want fresh new clothing. The seasons yeah, are starting to change. And so true. like just embrace it and figure out like kind of what you're looking for and what, and what you're feeling inspired by and go from there. Good point. You know, so people want to look to talk with you about styling or, yeah. you know, go to your blog or Instagram. Where can they find you? So you can find me at candacemreed.com. And the easiest way to kind of decipher, if you want to talk to me about all things blog related, go to the about section and you can shoot me an email. There's like one portal for blog related things. And then if you're interested in wardrobe consulting services, there's a separate email porter portal for wardrobe therapy. So you can find both of what you're looking for on the site and it'll send the email to the appropriate account and it's magic. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much for talking with us today. Fashion of is course. so fun. I had a an extension of like creativity and holistic beauty yes. and I love it all. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. This is really fun. Yeah. You're welcome. Thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you guys are feeling inspired to go head on over to Madewell. Not sponsored by Madewell. But we just open to it. <laughs> really love Madewell. Um, and before you guys head off, please remember to go check out our Patreon, which is at patreon.com slash finding your shine podcast. And maybe throw a couple of dollars the podcast way and win some cool swag, get some discounts and be a part of our tribe. A huge thanks again to Candace and thanks to you for listening another week. We'll catch you next week with a new episode. Bye.